1: Thank you again to the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes men's basketball team, Coach Jim Laranaga, for joining me in the 6 o'clock hour as we get things going here in the 7 o'clock hour. Mike Jaminsky from the ACC Network had the call of the game last night between Miami and Georgia Tech. Uh, Mike is kind enough to join us here on the Toyota Hollywood Hotline. Mike, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate
2: it. My pleasure. Good to be with you.
1: All right, Mike. Let's jump right into it here. Obviously, you know you look at last night's game and and what kind of stands out, and we'll break it down a, a little bit here. But what stands out is the the drought that the Hurricanes went on late in that game, and it kind of everything kind of turned when North Chad O'Mere fouled out, and, and Miami wasn't able to uh, to find any any offense down the stretch. And Georgia Tech finishes on a uh, on a twelve nothing run. What were your takeaways from the uh, about final five minutes of that game?
2: You know, it was, it was interesting that um, in in talking to Josh Passner that. Uh, Georgia tech had been the victim of some extended runs and their losses. And, you know, he was trying to address that. And, um, you know, as, as things unfolded last night, I mean, a lot of things, I think were working against, um, were working against Miami. I mean, Isaiah Wong probably had his poorest shooting game of the year. Um, and then I, you know, I thought, well, one, like, we'll look at Omir's um, fifth foul. Um, you know, I, when he got in foul trouble early i don't it didn't look like he ever really recovered from the first half and you know i talked to jim about you know a playing guy and he does not play guys with two fouls so uh, you know norsha played 7 minutes in the first half and you look at his final numbers and they're they're good but he was not the dominant player that he had been all year i thought he just looked really tentative and then that sequence when he put up a what I thought was an ill-advised three, and then trying to go after the rebound picks up his fifth foul, and so just really compounded a, a bad shot with a bad, mis- a really bad mistake, and then you know kind of quietly when I thought Wuga w- Poplar kind of took over the second half, and when when Miami was was up, you know it was his defense that really was leading the way, and I think him getting hurt was also a big part of that last five minutes.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and, Mike, I agree with what you said. You know, Isaiah Wong doesn't play well enough last night, obviously, to, uh, to, to get the job done. And, uh, you know, Nigel Pack was a little quiet there in the, uh, in the second half as well. So it, it certainly makes it tough when, uh, when your scorers are, uh, are not scoring. And, and, look, credit Georgia Tech. I thought defensively they, they had a pretty good game plan in there to uh, you know, run a little zone at Isaiah Wong, kind of slow him down. Yeah,
2: and i I thought that I thought that Miami, you know, I I don't know what what Jim's take was on it, and I deferred to him obviously, but uh, I thought they settled for a lot of long threes, and which which they weren't shooting well. I mean, you know, um, and you know one of the things that we talked about at Miami shootaround was dealing with that Georgia Tech defense and how it changes, and and they haven't really seen much like it. And they really seemed to struggle with it. And, you know, and they, got some, they got some turnovers in the first half, but they didn't score any points off them. And um, so I, I think that there were just a lot of things. And, and then, um, you know, for Tech, really, Lance Terry kind of came out of nowhere and, and had a mm-hmm. fabulous game. Um, and, and I, you know, Miles Kelly was who had been playing well, um, you know, up his game. But Terry was really kind of the wild card for Georgia Tech.
1: Mike Trubinsky here with us. I had the call last night uh, for ACC Network. And, you know, Mike, again, just uh, an off night. And that, that's what Coach said, you know, when I was speaking to him. He said, you know, sometimes those shots – and he did say maybe a few too many threes, but um, – you know, he, he just said, hey, it was an off night. Those are shots we've been making all season. And uh, unfortunately, that that's going to happen, right? And and the one thing that he did mention is that in their two losses this season, the Maryland game and uh, and that uh, game against Georgia Tech, is that rebounding has uh, has been an issue in those two games. And, and Miami is, is certainly an undersized team, but they have done a nice job team rebounding, but they, uh, they didn't uh, get the job done last night.
0: Well, and
2: that's that's again where uh, you know I, I just think Omir's presence wasn't there. Um, you know, he got I think eight, eight eight or eight rebounds or so, but you know, just him, he was not a huge factor out on the floor, and I think that makes them overall a better rebounding team. You know, you throw in his numbers obviously, and um, you know he's just so dominant on the offensive glass normally if they're having a bad shooting night and, you know, then he's going to turn some of those into points. Um, so, you know, there was, it was a combination of things. And, uh, you know, they, they just, uh, they got a, it was a hungry Georgia tech team. They had, they had had not won a game on their th- uh, four game homestand. Um, and were really looking for that first uh, ACC win. Uh, and, you know, and they, and they, they finished the game and, uh, you know, credit them. They played well down the stretch.
1: Mike Jaminski here with us on WQAM. Mike, uh, I want to jump into the ACC here. And uh, just before we even look at the ACC standings, how about last night, NC State just pounds Duke 84-60 to as Duke uh, loses their fourth game of the season. Uh, they're 2-2 two two in conference play, but uh, that that is a surprising score there as Duke uh, doesn't get blown out a whole lot.
2: No, and, uh, you know, but they've... Uh... Um, NC State has got a, a really uh, a dynamic backcourt um, in Joyner and Smith. And, and you know, in, in today's game, that, that really, if, if you're going to be dynamic someplace, that's a good place to be. And, uh, you know, Duke is big, um, they've got some really, you know, obviously quality freshmen. Um, but, you know, NC State just jumped all over them. And, and it, was, it was, the game was pretty much over at halftime. I think Duke had 22 points. It was like 44 22 at half. Um, and uh, again, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a Wolfpack team. They were sitting there at one and three. They saw themselves in the bottom third of the conference. And, you know, that, that uh, to take, to protect home court is a huge thing. Um, so, you know, give them, uh, you know, a lot of credit, but, you know, Terquavine Smith is a, he's a dynamic scorer, and, and, and him coming back was a big deal. And I thought that was actually, um, I did Miami's win against them down in Coral Gables. And, you know, I thought that was one of their, that was one of Miami's better wins. I thought they did a great job against the two of them.
1: You know, Mike, it, it's interesting, and we talk about this Miami Hurricanes basketball program and, and where they stand in the, in the big picture of the ACC. And, you know, obviously the, the basketball program will, will never have the you know, the uh, standing of, of the North Carolinas or the Dukes of the world, but let's be honest, they've been as successful lately uh, under Coach Jim Laranega as, as any of these teams in the ACC. Have you been surprised at all with, with how competitive Miami's been when you talk about going up against all these blue blood programs uh, every single year?
2: Well, I not, you know, I listen, uh, just I, a, a funny side story. Um, when I was 15 years old in high school and uh, a sophomore in high school, uh, Coach Laranaga came to my house in Monroe, Connecticut, recruiting me for Davidson. So, you know, we, we go back almost 50 years. And you know, I, I've followed, I've followed Jim, and you know, I have so much respect for you know what he's done at, at every place in his head coaching life. I was actually, I was part of the CBS crew at the um, Elite Eight when they, when he was with George Mason and beat UConn to go to the Final Four. So I've, I've been there for a lot of his highlights, and I've been there for the real dynamic teams that he had down at there at the U and you know, 13, 14, 15 in that stretch and had a little bit of a lull, but he's, he's really come back these last couple of years. And I, you know, I every look, every time I come down to do a game down in Coral Gables, I'm like, how can you not recruit this place? I mean, you know, if, if I'm from the Northeast and I'm coming down there, man, I just, where do I sign up to play, you know, to play down here? And uh, you know he's he's Jim's done a fabulous fabulous job, and I think the the thing the reason why maybe you don't get the recognition is because you're you're on the southernmost tip of the ACC, and in its heart the league is still kind of centric around Tobacco Road and you know the original teams, um, but I, I I don't think anybody can deny the job that Jim has done there in his tenure.
1: You know, Mike, you bring up recruiting and uh, it's funny, I I just spoke to coach about recruiting and and how unbelievably different the conversation is now than than it was a couple of years ago when you talk about transfer portal and NIL and and everything that, that goes along with recruiting now. And Miami has done a great job finding that nice mix between guys that have been able to transfer in and play right away, and finding guys that have been really good in high school and, and developing developing them into great players. But it, it is kind of when you look at it, Mike, kind of crazy what recruiting has become, right?
2: It's a, it's completely obviously different from what I knew, and I, you know, of course, I mean, so much time has gone by since you know I, um, I you know that was. Uh, 1980. I graduated, so 40 plus years. Um, you know, <laughs> certainly a lot has changed, but yeah, I mean now with, I mean you're recruiting at at both ends of the spectrum of your roster. Um, you're you're trying to get the best high school talent that you can, and you're trying to plug in gaps with uh, with older guys to to balance your roster out. And I think it's I think it's significant to to realize that. You know, even Duke this year, and I think that John Shire going forward is going to, um, you know, he's going. uh, Coach Mike never, Mike didn't get the portal. You know, the older guys, he stuck with the younger, you know, recruits. And but I think John going forward is going to blend in. You know, those those top high school guys with older transfers, and I, I think that's going to be the norm for. Probably most of the schools around the country.
1: Mike Chemitsky here with us. All right, Mike, let's take a look at the ACC right now. You got Clemson and Pittsburgh as the uh, the two unbeaten in league play. I, I know Coach L has a lot of respect for Pittsburgh. I, I heard him talking uh, about them uh, earlier this season. And then, of course, you have uh, the Hurricanes in there at four and one, uh, Syracuse at three and one. Out of those top teams, there, who uh, who do you see making a a run at uh, a regular season championship here?
2: I, you know, I, um, (laughs) I, 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 of course I've known Jeff Capel for a long, long time and I've known his brother Jason for a long time as well. And I was like, Whoa, you know, when they, they started out one and three, um, I was really concerned. Um, but man, if they, they've turned things around and have had an unbelievable start to the, the conference. And I think that, um, they're, they're kind of playing like Jamie Dixon's teams did back when he was at Pitt. And, you know, they're, they're a little undersized, but they're really tough and they defend, um, you know, and Blake Hinson is having an all conference year uh, and they're, and they're scoring the ball. you know, I looked early in the season, they were in the fifties and now they're, you know, they're a pretty dynamic team and it's not like they've beaten the bottom of the league either. I mean, they've beaten Virginia, they've beaten North Carolina. Um, they've got some great wins in those four wins. So I, I don't think that there's any reason to think that, you know, they can't keep that up.
1: You know, Mike, and, and you, you look at it, Mike, and I mean, I see the, these teams on the top right now, but I, I just wonder what you think as far as the strength of the ACC. That That's the interesting question now because everyone talks about is the ACC as strong as it's always been. I look at it and I see these teams are, are all beating each other up here already, like early in the season here, Mike.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, only three teams that are ranked right now, and nobody in the top ten, um, and a couple of teams have got it going in reverse a little bit. Virginia has had a couple of losses. Um, Virginia Tech was up at the close, but they're sitting at one and three. Um, so, I, you know, and and you look at the. You look at the top those teams that you talked about the top four. I mean, Syracuse is the only maybe you know recognizable you know name, but has some history to it, and and they've struggled. They're ten and five. They lost. I you know I did a game where they got beat by Colgate at home. Um, You know, Clemson um, is you know I want to see them over a longer period of time to see if they can sustain that. Um, You know, Carolinas, and then. You know, you've got the you've got the bottom teams. I you know Notre Dame to me is a surprise at zero and four. I, I thought they'd be much better. Um, Louisville, you know, they just don't have any guard play. That's that's been a problem for Kenny Payne, and you know, their whole season has been a just a real struggle. Um, but yeah, and then you got seven teams that are two and two, or two and three. So you know, we're we're not even at the quarter pole yet. So it's, you know, it's a little early to start, you know, getting the worry beads out, but uh, I think people need to, some teams need to really start putting some, you know, some wins in a row together and establishing themselves because nobody's really done that.
1: Oh, Mike, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time to join me here on uh, Hurricane Hotline. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you so much, and I hope we'll see you down in Coral Gables soon.
2: Well, I hope to be down there, and you got you got one of my favorite people in in, in the sport, and in, in Jim and uh, Liz, his wife, is, is, they've been a great support for me. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that loss last night, notwithstanding, the Canes, I think, are positioned to have another really strong year.
1: Uh, we're looking forward to it. Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. You all have a good evening.
1: All right, Mike Jomitsky from the ACC Network, kind enough to uh, join us. He was on the call last night for Miami and Georgia Tech. Before we take a pause here, I want to get to our U Health Injury Report brought to you by U Health, University of Miami Sports Medicine Institute experts. Treat athletes of all levels, elite pros, active adults, and youth athletes. Recover your game. Visit uhealthsportsmedicine.com. Good news for Miami uh, basketball is that they do get uh, a little bit of time off here. They'll be back in action uh, on Wednesday at the Watsco Center. Only a uh, little, uh, little issue was uh, Wooga Poplar, as you heard Coach mentioned. Uh, had a little bump uh, bump of the knee there. Uh, so hopefully he should be okay heading into a Wednesday's game. Other than that, uh, all good here for the Hurricanes moving forward. All right, we are going to take a pause here. When we come back, we are going to talk a little university of miami swimming we're going to mix things up here a little bit something uh that we uh, we have not done that i have not done here so we're going to talk a little uh swimming with andy kershaw the swimming coach when we come back here on hurricane hotline
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof